back to another episode of Simply Stogies Presents Clear the Air. I am your host, Tim. I'm here every single time we do one of these episodes, and I bring the hosts of the Simply Stogies podcast right here so we can talk trash or whatever we want to talk about, about the last episode of Simply Stogies podcast. This episode is going to be all about uh, Brian Desind. Desind? Desind from the Pravada Cigar Club and LCI. This guy's an energetic guy. This guy is seriously an energetic guy. So hopefully you listen to that podcast. We're going to talk about it here in just a minute. But first, let me introduce James and Nick. Nick, I'm going to start with you just because I haven't talked to you forever. Nick, how are you doing? What are you smoking? I'm doing well. I'm smoking all kinds of things. I always go back to my, of course, the, uh, oh, well, smoking in LH Claro. But I was having, I had Agonorsa's new stick before this, and I'm having this old guy that is actually one of uh, Fuente's uh, stuff from from a long time ago. I don't even know what it is. The family selection. So anyway, just doing my thing. Doing your thing? Yeah. Yeah. Doing my <laughs> thing. Sounds good. Uh, James, what have you been up to? What are you smoking? Uh, I, I've been pulling dad duty for the past three days. I know. Uh, nonstop. I have had no time, no sleep. I am tired as fuck. I am actually smoking from the uh, Pravada Nigiri Sushi box that Brian sent me from the last uh, episode. The Ebi Nigiri. Now, this is the one that Brian was talking about. Uh, the I, I think he may have mentioned it on the podcast and that this could have been uh, the next Alec Bradley cigar before they were bought by STG. Now, again, we'll get into the marketing aspect of everything that he talks about and what's, what's, you know, really going on, um, uh, you know, or is it all just uh, snake oil, which I don't think it is. I think a, a lot of this, I think he's just a very passionate guy. I like him a lot. We're going to get into it, but the Abby McGeary, um, you know, I, I could read this whole thing, but basically it's not very flattering towards STG or Alec Bradley for selling to STG. Uh, but this was rolled in the uh, um, Racy's Cabanas factory, which is where all the Alec Bradleys were were, were rolled. Um, mm-hmm. And so this could have been it. This could have been, and it's very good so far. I'm not very much into it. I'm uh, maybe half an inch in, and it's got, uh, I, that's what these cards are great for when he sends this stuff out, when he sends this out with his boxes, uh, the Pravada Club boxes. It's got everything on there, wrappers, uh, Nicaragua, Jalapa, Binders from uh, Esteli, Nicaragua, uh, fillers of Esteli, Nicaragua, body is floral and chocolate, which I definitely pick up a little bit of floral. Um, and there's some sweetness. I don't know if I'd call it chocolatey sweetness, but there's definitely some sweetness there. Uh, roasted nuts, uh, dark chocolate, chocolate seaweed. And there's a whole, whole bunch of pairing notes and tasting notes, second, third, first, third, final third. Uh, it, it's a great little thing. It's a great little box. Like if you uh, give it a shot, I, I think it's great. And he sent this to me um, because he missed, the first, I, to be honest, like he forgot. And it's my fault too, because I didn't send him a reminder email. Uh, and then when he didn't show up, I was like, hey man, like, I hope everything's all right. He's like, oh, I totally forgot. It's a summer. Like, I get it. So he sent this to me as like a, th- like a I'm sorry kind of deal. Um, and I'm really glad he did. Because this, this, like the two that I've smoked have been very, very good. I do like the fact that it comes with literature. I, I kind of like that to, to just know a little bit more about your cigar as you're smoking it. So that's pretty cool. Um, but if you notice, I know you were going to ask, 
I wasn't because I noticed you weren't smoking, so I yeah. wasn't going to ask what you weren't. Yeah, no, we 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 know that you can't handle. You know, <laughs> no, heat. it is literally the temperature of the devil's butthole outside. I think right now it's uh, ninety six degrees with sixty seven percent humidity. Uh, I got off of work today. I went down or went out to the garage because I was like, yeah, maybe we'll give this a try. Took 30 seconds. I was dripping wet. So I was like, nope, we're not doing this. I'm going inside today to record. So unfortunately, I don't get to enjoy any cigars while we do this. So it should so be sad. We want to get so in and out as quick as we can. Sad. Sad. Yeah. You know, the, the cigar club model, it brings back fond memories for me. When I was just a consumer, when I first got into cigars was early 90s. And uh, Bill Rensick from the uh, Apprentice fame, I don't know if he had the very first one, but it was the one that I remember joining. Not because I knew who he was. I don't know where I saw the ad, but I, but I got it. And I used to really love getting that package, you know, like Christmas. And I would sit there with the two cigars they gave you and the literature they gave you it was like a postcard or it was more like a recipe card. And I guess you would collect them and put them in your little filing because they're all the same size and the, the notes and everything. And I uh, just, it's like, you know, I remember, you know, when you first started a new hobby or so, I just love that. And I envy the people today that are getting into cigars and just getting your little care package and seeing what it is and opening it up and looking at it and smoking it. And I was really serious back then where I used to smoke by myself, you know, just to really taste the cigars and, and all that. Now I, I, I don't do that as much. Um, I don't belong to any clubs. I should, though. I guess I should, because it does, it's fun. And I, and I think it's a great way to try a lot of different things. Um, so yeah, that, that was fun. I remember that fond memories. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up, Nick, because I, I asked him about that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 I said, you know, I, I have found personally that clubs are typically for those who are just starting out. It gives them uh, a wide selection to kind of test their palate, kind of see what they like. And he vehemently disagreed. Um, and I think that is um, partially because of who he is and how he has uh, curated his fan base, uh, so to speak. And like, they are rabid fans of his and they have followed him. And he's kind of tapped into something that I hope we talk about. This is Tim's show, The Secret Sauce. I certainly don't want to take over. <laughs> well, you guys just keep talking and do your own thing. Because I was going to ask, I've never done a subscription box, a box of the month or anything like that for cigars. Neither have I. Nick, you've done it. James, okay, you haven't. Um, yeah, 30 years ago. Right. <laughs> and I agreed with the comment. Like, I just, two reasons why I haven't done it. One is because uh, I don't want somebody else picking out my cigars. And two, what happens if I pay that money, the cigars get to me, and I don't like them? Then I feel well, like it's wasted money. It's not, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. But at the same time, Tim, like, so if you're spending $50, just throw a number out there. Sure. If you're spending $50 in the month on a Cigar of the Month Club, you hope to get at least $50 out of that, right? At least 50 if not 55 or 60 because you're buying these cigars. But here's here's where what he has done, what Brian Desmond has done with Pravada club is he has created this club, this, this following that transcends the, I knew, and I don't know what to smoke. And so send me things to smoke so I can figure it out. 
and, and he has transformed it into this club that if I'm being honest, I think is geared towards younger folks. And I think I said that to him. I don't like the way he markets. Yeah. It's not geared towards me and I don't have to like it. I don't think anybody should stop him from marketing the way he wants to market. Uh, I just don't have to, I don't have to personally like it and I don't. Um, but again, it's not geared towards me and it's not geared towards you and it's not geared towards, towards Nick. It's geared towards these younger guys who are coming into the cigar industry, uh, coming into the, the, the hobby, I guess I should say. And yeah. they may don't, may not have a lot of disposable income. And so this gives those folks that don't have a lot of disposable income an opportunity to try cigars that they may not otherwise try. Because if you're a young kid, I remember when I was a young kid, I'm not anymore, but what I remember back in the day when I was, what a young buck. Uh, that was a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Frolicking through the forest. Uh, but yeah, I was, uh, I didn't have a lot of money just starting out. And so I can imagine trying to get into this hobby and not having a lot of money and being like, Jesus, like, how am I ever going to try it? half of this stuff even alec some of the alec bradley's would be out of my price point right and this allows you the opportunity to try these like look dean parsons from epic friend of the show friend of ours tim right he 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 rolled a, a lancero for the La, the la rubia for the lca which is you know also part of of, of the pravada brand uh yeah. and, and kind of what they do there and so i you know i Look, I think that he has really turned this into more of a club and more of a, something greater than himself and something sure. greater than just a, a Cigar of the Month club and turn it into this social grassroots fucking thing. Again, so all kudos to him because that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Right. Okay. But I've been smoking on a regular basis. I, you know, I started in 2008 and I, I smoked for a few years, kind of backed away from it a little bit. And then we met and then I picked it up all over again. And until I was told that this interview was going to happen, I had no idea who he was. I had never heard of the Pravada Club. And I get it. I live under a rock. I get it. Mm -hmm. But clearly. <laughs> Yeah, but Clearly. <laughs> you also mentioned you can't just advertise anywhere. No, you can't. And that's, and that's you know, look, we're going to get into a whole lot of different areas tonight, guys. So if we jump around, I apologize. Yeah, it's yeah. probably going to be my fault. Uh, but yeah, you can't advertise uh, anywhere and everywhere with, with uh, nicotine uh, products, tobacco products. And, and so you're kind of you're limited there, but... Brian made a name for himself early on. We didn't, I don't think we talked about kind of how, but by basically doing what I said he's doing now, which is finding cigars that may not have had a life to begin with. So what do I mean by that? Uh, um, Caldwell's Lost and Found is a great example of that. It's their lost cigars. They are cigars that were rolled Somebody at some point had a vision and a marketing plan for those cigars. And for whatever reason, it falls through. And those cigars sit in the warehouse. And they're kind of forgotten about. And then someone like Brian comes along. Uh, and look, this is not outside. And Nick, you could talk, you could speak to this as well, because not everybody who calls himself a blender is a blender. In fact, I would say that in the industry, 25 to 30% of the people 
out there who say they are blenders go to a factory, pick their shit out of a magazine. And that's what, that's what it is. Like, this is, I want the, this, these tasting notes you've got listed here. Let's go. I would say it's a higher percentage than that. I would, um, I would agree. I was trying to be generous. <laughs> there, there's nothing wrong with that. Again, you find your lane, you find what you like to do. I, I personally, agree. as long as you say up front, like I'm not a blender. This is just my vision for the company. This is the vision for the, what I'm doing. And I, and this cigar is not something I blended. This was blended by the master blender at tobacco or wherever. Right. Yeah. Some, some brands uh, do that and they're very transparent about it. Other brands, not so much. Um, you know what? It, it's all marketing in a lot of sense, you know, for a lot of people. But at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong. There's a lot of blends that I make for a lot of other people and a lot of the brands, and and they definitely have their input. Some have zero, uh, and then they tell you that they blended it. And then there's others that collaborate in a sense where they'll say, hey, I was looking more of this type of cigar. This They'll give you an idea of what tobaccos that they want in a cigar. And then it's like, yeah, those kind of don't go together, but all right, I'll, I'll try that, you know? And I want to be uh, clear I, to my knowledge, Brian has never come out and said, I blended these cigars. Never said that. Now he has worked with folks, AJ, Dean Parsons, uh, other folks in the industry to get cigars out and in the hands of his, the people in his club, but he has never once to my knowledge told a lie and said, I blend these cigars. He is very transparent about what he does. Now, I don't know why controversy seems to follow him. And I, I suspect that I kind of, I asked him about this on, on the show. I kind of suspect that it's uh, the whole controversy creates cash kind of uh, mindset where if I can create enough controversy, no matter what it is, well, but you also, like, no, there's yeah. no, no, you know, bad publicity, still publicity. Right. But you also said, um, you know, a certain percentage of people are just going somewhere uh, to the factory or to a warehouse. They're picking some sticks off the shelf and creating a brand around that. Nick, you said that that percentage is even higher. Is, is, is it just people trying to protect that little trade secret? No. What trade secret? No. The, the, the reality is, is blended uh, by the, the person no, that, presenting the box. No, that, no, it's not a trade secret. It's a matter of, you know, like you start, in my case, you know, I started with training wheels. You know, you start with certain tobaccos and you go from there. It's That's why I don't like the term when I was joke say oh, I'm a master blender. Look, the only master blending that I do is I'm the master blender of my own brand, meaning I'm the guy. The buck stops with me. Um, I've gotten good with a certain amount of tobaccos and I kind of tend to go there because to experiment takes a whole lot longer. I'm obviously not there that much. So yeah, that's why I kind of have a smaller range, you know, of, of stuff. Well, yeah. And, 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 and I get what you're saying, Nick, like, but sometimes smaller is better. Like that is it's quality over yeah, quantity never. type of deal. Yeah. And it's quality over, over quantity. I feel when it comes to boutique cigars and look, boutique cigars, are more expensive on average than your, and I'm not pointing at like LH Nick, cause yours aren't, they're pretty, they're, they're pretty right there with, with the, I think what the industry average is. Yeah. I've always tried to be in the sweet spot with my U S market. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, boutique cigars are a little more expensive and that's what 
Pravada Club really deals in is boutique cigars. It's not like they're going to the co, you know, to 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 Cohiba or General or or STG or um, Altadas. They're not going to these guys going, hey, let's like work together. They're going to Caldwell, famously with the fifteen uh, minutes of fame, which was obviously before the Cookie Monster, uh, and 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 doing that and, and getting those. So they're boutique cigars. They've got a little bit of a higher price tag, and they're able to find these little hidden gems, like <laughs> like I said. That one that I smoked on the show with Brian was really good. And this one's even better. Like he was right. Smoked this on a clean palate. This is my first cigar of the day. It's really fucking good. Now, here's what I will say. Being completely transparent and unbiased, the construction on these cigars might be part of the reason these cigars never saw went to market. That might be part of the reason because most of Everything I've smoked with the uh, LCA, which would have been the La Rubia, Lancero, and there was another one, the Robata. Oh, two of them. There was the the pizza one uh, from the oh, four the mutant tur- with the pizza four. Yeah, pack. the four. Yeah, the four turtles and a, and a mutant five pack. Or four, four mutants and a pizza five pack. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, I saw that on the website today, and I'm like instantly in the back of my head. I'm like, ah, all right, I know what you're trying to get to. Like, someone's getting sued. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, well, I, that that is kind of historically, is, you know, yeah. what he, what he's done. Um, but listen, so you, is Ezra Zion. Let's just to be fair, we're going to call this. Yeah, he, he's not the he's not the yeah, only one. He's not the only. The, one. And the difference is, you know, like no matter what he puts out, I don't care what he attacks as far as trademarks. By the time he ever gets a cease and desist, it's out. Uh, desist, it's out. It's gone. And okay, sorry, I won't do it again. You know, and it, then he moves on. So and he's not the only one in the industry who pulls the, who plays this game. In fact, uh, I spoke with somebody a couple of years ago and they, they asked me not to say anything. So I'm not going to give specifics, nor am I going to say who it was, but it was a big player in the industry that we have mentioned tonight. Um, they got a C and D after they had already done this limited run of this thing from a very high profile company that literally anyone in the world would know in the world not just the u.s the world and they were like yeah cool like they had it framed they had the c and d framed from this company they were already sold out of everything they were never going to make it again it was a one-off thing it was a thing for a special thing and they framed it like good on them like i have no problem when when people do that and, and those of you out there, and I know I have talked to some folks who have a real problem with that. Well, they're just making money off the IP of somebody else. Maybe, but it's not like they're making a ton of money. These are super limited runs that they know they can't do forever because they're going to get a C&D. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a nice, it's fun marketing. They never do it. In a, they always do, it's always playful. It's never anything that is a, a blatant outright. It's kind of like a wink nudge kind of thing like tongue-in-cheek i i just so if you're gonna get your panties in a twist over that like fuck right off because i have no problem with that what what i took away from that interview listening to it when he took a bit of an offense initially when you said brian you're a marketing guy and at first he was a little taken back and maybe was defensive about it the reality is that is clearly i'm not saying he's not a cigar guy but his clear points of where he's the best at so far. 
And that goes to show with how successful he's been in such a short period of time is he is a marketing guy. He knows how to get like how many fly-by-nights or, or, or companies that come around and they're here and gone. It's a t- look, this is not an easy business in any aspect of it whether it's retailing or, or manufacturing or any of the, any aspect of it so to have longevity in this business is a tough thing to make money at it is even tougher because there's a lot of people that'll do their run of two to five years and then bow out saying hey tried that been there done that sorry it didn't work for me but you know even though brian hasn't been around that long i expect him to stick around and again, you go with the flow, you transition, you roll with it, and you and you somehow evolve to whatever he ultimately becomes or stays the same, whatever it is. The point is he's been very successful at it. And I give kudos to him for that. And the thing that I, before I ever met him, and my only interaction with him was, was, was a Zoom call once a couple of years ago, um, and uh, maybe a phone call. But before I ever knew the man, I had heard of Pravada because the thing that they do best and because it's always been, you know, brick and mortars versus the online people. It's always been a, you know, a very divided line. And he figured a way to be online and to still support somewhat, you know, the brick and mortar. And so the brick and mortar guys were not as like, oh, those assholes over there, you know. There's enough people saying that about him in other areas, but I tell you what, most retailers uh, actually like them, you know, and not only are they bringing, look, there's so many retailers out there that are making money. Thanks to him, bring people to his shop. Now, whether the cigar has any merit or not, I'm not going to comment either way, but I can tell you this, people will line up and he'll sell out of that particular, whatever the flavor is of the month that he's giving to these retailers and I could tell you that I can't speak for all the retailers, but the few that I saw, there's some that have, you know, canceled their, their membership, but the majority of them look forward to it. And it brings his little cult following. I shouldn't say little because it's getting kind of big. I don't mean to be demeaning with that. It's become quite big and they are going to these shops, scouring, looking for these particular cigars. So it's done good for the retailers. And it's obviously done well for Brian. So I give him kudos for that. He's he's found a niche and he's done it better. And people that have, you know, had negative things to say, I, I'm not there to defend him or to, to, you know, pile on. All I say is, look, say what you will about the man. He's done something so far, very successful at what he's done. And he's managed to go forward and he has made some enemies. And I, I think some of it may be jealousy. Uh, some of it may be, you know, his uh, carefree attitude, like, fuck it, I don't care. I'm going to say it the way I say it. And some brashness. people take offense at brashness. Yes. And some people don't like that, you know, and, um, you know, he may come off. There are other people that are worse than that in this industry that I particularly oh. can't stand at all. Um, you know, no names, but no names. So there's enough. <laughs> pe- there's a lot of people out there. So, you know, this you industry know, full of egos nick i think i think you would agree with that it's oh, full 100%, of egos 100 and, and i don't think that brian would take offense to me saying that he has an ego i think we all have an ego to a certain extent uh and so when you get big egos in a room guys with big ideas uh guys who are used to saying something and making things happen right 
and they don't get along, you're going to have that. You're going to have the, 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 the clash of the egos and whatnot. So some of it might be jealousy. Some of it might be great. Like, here's the thing, like, and we talked about this. I, I think I asked him who in the industry he really wanted to work with. And Pete Johnson is the guy who he really wants to work with. But he said that Pete doesn't like him and Pete hasn't liked him since the beginning. And, but Pete, see, here's the thing. So where Pete's a cigar guy and he's a cigar geek, like Pete geeks out kind of like you do, Nick, when it comes to where things are grown, how they're grown, the varietals, what, what region, all of that stuff. But you, you guys, you two get in the weeds with that stuff, right? Cause you have to, you're master blenders, but you're, you're passionate about that. Brian's not like you said, he is a, he's a marketing guy. He was kind he did take offense to that. Uh, when I said that, that, you know, I'd heard that he was more of a marketing guy than a cigar guy. And and he's kind of both, but he's a different type of cigar guy. He doesn't get into the weeds. He's passionate about cigars, but you know, does he really get into, you know, the varietals and the, you know, fucking the, where, where, what region it was grown in? No, I don't think that he does, but what he gets. I, I don't know. I think he's got a pretty good uh, background and knowledge in a short oh. period of time. Again, I don't know how long that time is but i don't think he doesn't know what he's talking about i think he definitely does but again he is a businessman first and foremost where there's a lot of people in this business that just are in the business because you like ego or or for whatever reason they want to have a cigar brand because uh for whatever various reasons but he wants to make money at this at this game and i'm not saying it's because of the money because no, you have to have no nobody it, gets into this business to not make money nick no, you want to make a living. You know, if you can make a living at this and enjoy what you do, I don't care what business it is. It, you know, that's that's the end game, man, for anybody. And if you love what you do, it comes through. And say what you will, this man does have a passion for it because it comes through. You know, he was quick to say that he likes making people happy and he loves, you know, bringing joy to people. I get that. I get that on a blending level. You know, I love when somebody comes up to me and, and I know it happens to him just that his name is, you know, uh, on the cigar, that he's the maker of these cigars at whatever level. When you are bringing joy to people and people come up to him, hey, man, I love what you do. Keep doing it. It gives you a lot of that. That's and not to sound, you know, like typical, whatever, but that's that means so much more to me and people like Brian and anybody that's passionate, which is the majority of this business. I'm not going to tell you there are people in this business. You have to be in this business because you love it and you have a passion for it. And if you don't, you're not, you're not going to be long for this world, uh, for this cigar world. I mean, you know, it's just, it just, you, you give up. Uh, but if you love what you do, you're making money, you're putting food on the table then why not keep doing it? If you want to make a lot of money, and I think Brian could make money doing, because I do believe he's a good businessman and I think he's very tenacious and he, and he uh, careful with details. And um, if he decided to pick another career, he would be successful in that. And he chose this one and he saw what was wrong with this industry and he developed a new uh, mousetrap, you know, I would love to have been able to do what he did uh, in some level because there are so many things I see wrong in this industry and I haven't been able to crack the code. You know, when I first got in, I thought, okay, there's a formula. You kind of have to do things the same way everybody else does. And that is absolutely the wrong way to do it. But when you don't have a blueprint, 
I just kind of went on autopilot kind of doing because I'd been around the industry for so long. And I realized very early on, you know what? I got to find my lane, do what I do, enjoy and figure a way to make money at it. And as long as I'm happy and, you know, then that's all that matters. And I get happy by putting out stuff that people enjoy. And I love people in general. And that's why I do the media side of things. And that's why I had the shops, uh, you know, in the Middle East and, and, just why I go out, you know, even when I'm not working, I'm out five nights a week smoking cigars with consumers uh, at shops because I enjoy the whole cigar lifestyle. I've, I've said it on every episode, but you got to love it to be in it. So, you know, he's, yeah. he's figured a way to make money and he's going to continue to do it. And he's very good at it. He's very good at it. I, I want to bring it back <clears throat> real quick before we move on to the, to the marketing piece, because he's a marketing genius. I mean, he really is. I don't care what people, I don't care if you like him personally. I don't think, you, look, this is also not a gotcha show. Like, we don't do that here. I'm not, like, I, I heard I hear all these rumors. People found out he was going to be on the show. They're reaching out to me, asking him about this, asking him about that. I, th this is not what we do. And I'll never be that guy. And if you're out there in the media and you're doing that, you're making it a gotcha show, I don't want you. And I, I don't want to watch you. And I think you're bad for the industry my personal take on it you keep doing you boo but for me uh, that ain't it um you know i i alluded earlier to to the cards that he has me i mean nigiri specifically um and i, I want to read it because i want people to kind of know because he I, he said at one point in the in the interview that he really wanted to work with arturo fuente because he thinks he could tell that story the way nobody else could and i kind of believe him I kind of believe him. If you watch his Instagram reels, if you watch his YouTube, if you watch all of that stuff, he's very good at spinning a story, telling a story. You know, well, I, I think, think he would very... bring a different, a different audience. Um, you know, Fuente doesn't need Brian to be successful, uh, mm -hmm. and enough people know who he is, and and he he's he does well enough on its own, and the family legacy that he has. But I think Brian would bring it to a whole new audience and people that normally would not smoke, you know, maybe a Fuente cigar. So, yeah, I think he would bring a different dimension to Fuente. Yeah, absolutely. And here's why. Because this is the spin and the angle that he took with this uh, Ebi Nagiri, um, the Alec Bradley <clears throat> cigar. This is what it says. Uh, the recent sale of Alec Bradley to a major offshore tobacco conglomerate has provoked a range of reactions in the cigar industry, reflecting broader concerns about the increasing profits uh, or the uh, increasing influence from uh, foreign national companies. Some lament that the profits from tobacco sales are benefiting other countries, which they always have for the most part, but okay. Uh, after Alec ba uh, Bradley's sale, I received a call from Racis Cubanas, the factory that produces Alec Bradley's cigars. They had a shipment of unbanded cigars ready for sale that had been uh, resting and aging. Sampling these, I found them exceptional. Uh, these cigars might have been Alec Bradley's next major release, and it's a pity we'll never know their intended name. It's especially disheartening to see Alec Bradley, once a family-owned American company, sell to an offshore corporation and witness some family members even join the new owners as a sign of shifting times in our industry. He knows his audience. He knows his audience. And so he, he, he tells that tale, and I have no issue with that. Do I agree with anything that was written there? No. Not at all. Like, like first off, uh, cigars specifically, uh, tobacco uh, has always, always, always 
made more money for uh for the farms in other countries uh it's always been a money maker for them for other countries specifically other countries especially other countries it's not like there's a lot of tobacco that we use in cigars that's grown in the u.s so to kind of frame it that way again it comes across as disingenuous is he trying to be disingenuous no i don't think he is i think he's trying to put an angle on a story that nobody else has done before. I don't think it's meant to be, to come across as malicious as I feel it comes across. And again, I said, I've told him, I don't like the way he markets. I don't like the marketing. I don't have to. I don't like what he said. I don't like what, how he says things, but I don't have to. And I don't think anybody should be trying to, especially the government, and especially, especially, uh, the PCA and the FDA uh, and, and those within the industry try to censor him. Absolutely not. Leave him alone. Let him do his thing. Let well, him do his thing. Let me say before, uh, because you like to take uh, control of the train and, and drive this, which I don't have any problem with, but I, I it's your not- show, Tim. It's your show. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Such a great guy. I don't know why we bring James here. I don't either. Um, you know, so, like I said at the beginning, like I've never heard of Brian. I've never heard of Pravada Club. I have, however, heard people make comments. And I believe most of them were probably negative. And so for me, I don't know the guy. I don't know the company. It's in one year, out the other. I have forgotten what anybody would have said. But that was what I remembered going into this. So when I first uh, started hearing, him talk I was like oh, okay kind of seems kind of comes across a little edgy and then he said that he was an earner and then it kind of clicked for me because being a military guy if you are somebody who has a vision and can put the right people in the right place and get them to believe in what you have you're going to have people that are on board and then you're going to have people who are like, I just don't understand why you're doing that or why would you do this? They're not going to, they're not going to be on board. They're going to be the quote unquote haters. So after listening to that and getting to hear what his vision is and what he's trying to accomplish, I actually feel like I got to know a guy a little better than what I did before, a lot better than what I did before. So, yeah, well, it's always that. Go, go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. That, that is why he's doing what he's doing because Tim said something that is true of probably everybody that hasn't heard of Pravada from the negative side, which uh, the comments and everything else um, are, are a lot smaller percentage. But because of the controversies and all the comments that we talked about earlier on this show, look, you heard you're you under that rock heard about you know Pravada now was it negative stuff that you heard as you said okay but guess what you still heard it and you still found out who they were and you knew of them then you know so he's getting it out there one way or the other he's getting the message he's getting people to turn their heads and say who is this guy and you know what I think it's another genius move for him to go on these podcasts and these shows and show how much more depth there is to this individual than just 
the negativity and everything else. So I think, again, another genius move on his part to try to not spin it a different way, but just to let people know, hey, there's more to me than just me making these, you know, controversial cigars and the stuff. Right. And, 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 as, and yeah, as, as a person who hears those comments, instead of being like, oh, okay, well, it must not be worth my time. I probably should have said, well, hold on a second. Let me do the research. Let me go out there. Let me find out for myself. It's probably the what I should have done, but I didn't. I just, you know, because you well, live under a rock. I'm under, you live a, rock. under a rock. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I, I think it is smart on his part to go out and try to control the narrative a little bit, uh, which I think is what he's trying to do. Um, and I also look. I think this started last year when he went to the PCA, and I asked him about that. If it was kind of he went there to kiss the ring and play nicey nice with the PCA, and he in his mind. That's what it was, but it turned out to be so much more. And he's found this, um, this respect for uh, what the PCA does and all the the work and effort that they put in uh, to keeping, um, you know, the FDA out of, out of our humidors. But you guys are right. A lot of folks hear a lot of negative. And look, the, in this industry, and I don't think I'm, I don't think this is a hyperbole, uh, Nick. If, if you think it is, you can tell me but in this industry there's a lot of negativity and there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of gossip and there is a lot of backbiting and talking about people behind their back which is why we do this show uh to talk about people behind their back you kind of put it out talking about people behind well, them behind their back <laughs> and then we put it out for them, them to listen to it. yeah <laughs> yeah we, then we make it available to them uh but yeah. there is a lot of backbiting and and um that kind of stuff goes on in this industry more so than it doesn't. And I think uh, you can see that in the amount of CMDs that are sent out from one company to another. And it it's kind of sad in a way because this leaf, I mean, he said it on the show, Nick, and I'm sure when he said it, you went, I say that all the time. It's the great equalizer because it is. The leaf is the great equalizer. And if you sit down with somebody, this is the ironic thing about all of this. All these people that talk shit, about Brian, all these haters, all the people that chirp at him all the time. And are there people that do that? 100%. There have to be, because I hear it from people I know in the industry about it. Well, there's so they, people that so talk they, shit about us, and all we do is create mediocre at best content. Well, that's all we do. Right. That's all, I don't, nobody <laughs> talks shit about us because just watch us. Yeah. <laughs> Why talk shit about us? Just go listen to it. Yeah, we'll make fun of ourselves. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We're all right with that. But for people talk shit about him and he's got to hear it and it's got to be disheartening, but it's in an industry where everyone says, if you, you sit down with and have a cigar with somebody, it would be impossible to walk away from them, not having a better understanding of who they are and not having a better understanding of, of, of the position they're in and having a, a modicum of fucking respect for somebody. It's the great, Great fucking equalizer from kings to street sweepers and everywhere in between. But people don't seem to want to sit down with Brian and talk with him. And, you know, I asked the question of him if he thought maybe it was because everything is so transparent with him it, that it does come off as disingenuous. Because I think if you put everything out there online, people are so programmed to be like, ah, another Kardashian piece of shit. It's just this guy who's fucking living this lifestyle that he doesn't really live. And he's saying shit that he doesn't really mean. And he's just doing this to get clicks. He's just doing it for this. 
But if he is legitimately transparent with everything he does, there is the possibility that it does come across like that, even though he's wearing his heart on his sleeve and he's being completely honest, but because people don't want to sit down with him and have a cigar because it's, it's the optics. He even told the story, right? That it's the optics. Like he had people coming up saying, man, I really wish I could have a cigar with you. And my boss would, it's the fucking optics of it. If they would just sit down and talk with him, they would come away with him. And he told the story where Jose Blanco told him, you know, had a conversation with him at the PCA. That was not, didn't sound like it was a comfortable conversation. Like he said, somebody ran away from the conversation. He's like, it wasn't that serious, man. Like, where are you going? And then Jose, to his credit, let him have his piece. And he said, at the very least, he hoped that, you know, Jose Blanco walked away from that conversation with a little bit more respect for Brian and his position. And I think well, Jose Blanco is one of those people that he'll go right at you. You know, I, I love Jose Blanco because of that. If he doesn't know who you are, he wants to size you up. He wants to take a personal assessment of who this person is. What is he doing? So he can get his own, you know, formulate his own picture of the guy. Cause I'm sure he's heard a lot of things. So he's the guy that'll want to go right to the horse's mouth, so to speak. So I love that about Jose. And if you line up on the right side of Jose, he'll be great. He'll become your new supporter. And he doesn't forget. Um, if you line up on the wrong side, you know, you'll, you're not going to make a fan of them, but um, at least he'll give you the respect. He'll f- try to get something out of it one way or the other. So that's what Jose Blanco does. Well, when he told that story, I said, well, of course, Jose Blanco is that guy that would do that. Very few other people, they would avoid it. Most people avoid him because like you said, the optics or what have you, but Jose is not one of those guys, but Jose could be in his corner. If he, you know, we weren't there. We didn't know what, what was said and how no it really, we didn't get, you know, Jose's side of the story. Uh, which we could ask him, you know, because we'll have him on the show soon Yeah, enough. well, yeah, yeah. we hope we'll get, get him on the show here soon enough. We could ask him, but I mean, I, I'll, I'll be honest, Nick. I, I, I don't. We're not that kind of a show either, right? No, we, we, no. I, I don't I'm care about their conversation. The air kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't yeah, yeah. care about their conversation. I, I want each guest to stand on their own, and I'm not. We're not fucking Barbara Walters in fucking 2020 or fucking 60 minutes. Right. Exposés right? and all that shit. Yeah, we're not investigating no. journalists. That's not what we right. do. Right. I, I bring them on the show. I ask them questions. You ask them questions about what we hear. We ask them questions about who they are, what they feel is going on in the industry. And in that regard, and all of those things, and everything I asked Brian, and everything he and I talked about, I didn't always agree with what he said. But I walked away with a large amount of respect for the guy because, and, and, and I'll be honest here. So Brian, if you're listening, like, oh, he will be listening. Yeah. I, I, I hope <laughs> he, he said is, he, right? he yeah. said he was right. I, I hope he is. I hope he is. Yeah. Uh, I was scared uh, to interview him because of all these horror stories that we've heard about it. I've never met this guy. I don't know him from fucking Adam. So you hear all these horror stories and is he really this big, you know, uh, egotistical, narcissistic asshole. Is he really gonna, you know, does he kind of drink his own fucking Kool Aid kind of deal? And he's just gonna come in and fucking run. The, and he didn't. And he didn't. And it, it was it was nice to have a conversation with a guy. And and he had, look, I've said it before. Like when you, you get somebody on this show who answers you in one or two words, 
and they don't want to be here and they're just kind of here and they don't want to talk but i promised i'd do the show but here i am brian was not that brian was up he was engaged <laughs> he was passionate he was excited to be here when I, he, he he enjoyed the he enjoyed it you could tell he, he enjoyed yeah. the interview he enjoyed your time together I, and so I did I. Back, I have to uh, go to two <clears throat> x speed. This interview, I had to drop to half x speed because he was just running. I was like, "Holy crap!" Like I was sitting there listening to it, trying to take notes, and I had to slow it down so I had room to type notes or time to type notes. He's a very intelligent yeah. guy, a very intelligent guy, and he knows how to grab attention, good, bad, or indifferent. Whether you like it, whether you fucking hate it, it doesn't matter. He grabs attention. And then this business, Nick can attest, that's what you want. You want to grab people's attention because when you walk into a humidor, and it doesn't matter what humidor it is, you walk into a humidor, it could be a a closet humidor, or it could be the largest humidor in the country. You are fighting for the attention of that customer on that shelf. And like Nick said, these guys go in for the LCA every month. Where's the, where's the new LCA? Where's the new LCA? Where's the new LCA? Where's it at? And like I said, the ones I smoked, I had no problem with how they tasted. They tasted fine. They were great. But with everything from the LCA, construction, and that could be, that could be on, on, on a ton of factors, including how it was uh, stored at the humidor I bought it from, right? <clears throat> I don't know. Um, but these Pravada Club ones have been on fucking point. Really fucking good. Really good construction. I did go out to the website and look at their uh, their B&M locator or whatever. Uh, they actually have a company here in uh, the central Iowa, a brick and mortar that carries their stuff. Not a big fan of them, but I might have to go pick them. <laughs> now I know exactly who that is. <laughs> when you said kidding. that, I know exactly which shop carries it. Uh, the drawing room in um, Davenport here or in eastern Iowa. Oh, there you go. An hour and a half from me. They they carry it. Uh, and I went in, and the guy behind the counter, I don't even remember his name. He didn't know who I was at first. It's fine. Nobody knows who I am. How is that? Nobody. Right. I nobody was really disappointed when I went to the PCA trade show with James from Simply Stogies. And, and nobody knew who the fuck I was? Who he was. Yeah, no, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> um, but everybody in Davenport knows, because I'm, I'm just the podcast guy. That's what they know me as. <laughs> so when I walked into this lounge, it was somebody new. And he walked into the humidor with me. He's like, I'm looking specifically and exclusively at LCA sticks. He's like, you're a big fan of LCA? And I just kind of looked at him. I've never smoked this. He's like, oh, well, all right then. And then turned around and walked out. Like, <laughs> a weird fucking no, interaction with that guy. Fucking... <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, the guy was very nice. Uh, helped me pick out some stuff. I, like I said, I picked out the, uh, and I really liked the La Rubia. And so I thought I'd love it in the Atlantis era. It tasted great, but, you know, one went out on me a couple of times. The first one I smoked was really good. Second one went out. But so it's just construction issues. And, you know, and people are like, well, are they factory seconds? I don't know what they are. I really don't know. Do I think they're factory seconds? No. Do I think that this is stuff that he's gone out and he has curated uh, and put a lot of time and thought into? Maybe. But do I also think that some of these are like, hey, man, what do you have that's not selling? What do you have that's interesting that I can put a spin on 
and maybe sell. Right. He yeah, is a market because yeah. he came around and said he was a marketing guy, right? Yeah, reluctantly. Yeah, I didn't say to admit it, but I think he got the point across. Yeah, he's does marketing. He does. He does, and he does it very well. I know he's going to take offense to that, and I don't mean that in a negative way. He's still a cigar guy. Yeah, he's I mean, just a different kinda... type of cigar guy. And I, to be honest, I kind of almost relate with the type of cigar guy that he is, as opposed to the type of cigar guy that Nick and Pete are. I can I don't I don't want to know all of the different varietals. I don't want to know the differences in regions. I want to know what I like. I want to know what I don't like. And I kind of just want to go along for this this journey that cigars take me on. And Brian, I kind of And there's feel nothing the wrong with way. that. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of feel like Brian's the same way. He 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 is not a destination guy. He is a it's the journey guy. You know, it's all about experiences for him. And I, look, like I said, I came away with a ton of respect for that guy. Ton of respect. Well, I, life is looking, the journey, not the destination. Yeah, it, I've always, no, yeah, I've always we, all, we all go to the same fucking yeah. place. Well, <laughs> I'm saying your life here is all a journey and where you go is up to you and how life happens around you and how you can guide that pinball down that path slightly, but it's going to go the certain way it's going to go but you can kind of direct it. And I think it's all a journey. And for me, the, I always call it my cigar, you know, journey is it's gone, you know, over the last 30 plus years and it's been interesting. And I, and I wouldn't take, uh, you know, even the bad parts, I, I wouldn't change them because it makes you who you are life. Yeah. I, I hope that if you listened or you watched that episode that you came away, I, you don't have to like the guy. You don't have to fall in love with the guy. You don't have to rush out and, and join the Pravada Club. You don't have to rush out and, and try all these LCA sticks. But I hope that at the very least, you came away with a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of respect for who that guy is and what that guy does. Because when you sit down and you have a conversation with somebody, it's a lot different than, you know, fucking armchair quarterback and something at the lounge talking shit about somebody with all your friends. Cause it's the fun, you know, thing to fucking do. James, I'm almost, I'm almost glad. I shouldn't say glad. Cause I, I did want to be there, but my schedule conflicts, but it worked better because three people on that show would, would have been too much. It was a conversation. <laughs> honestly, it was a conversation between two people. And I think three would have been just too much um, because he had so much to say. And what I loved about it is that as a listener of the episode, whether you never heard of them, you heard negative things about them, you loved them, and that's why you listen. Everybody gets to walk away with their and formulate their own opinions because everything was kind of thrown out there. I mean, we didn't pull any punches. You know, I think you did a, a good. I'm not going to kiss your ass as much as he did. You know, like with his compliments, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. Uh, but you know, you did a good job. I mean, you had a conversation <laughs> with the guy and, and you you steered it, and he got to voice his uh, his opinions and and tell him tell about himself. And I think it was a, a great platform for him to do just that. So I think that's why he enjoyed it as much as he did because I don't think it could have gotten any better for him as well. You know. No, it was a very good conversation. It was a great interview. I thought he was very gracious with the compliments about us and the show and, and what we do. And uh, I, I appreciated that because uh, we don't always hear that. Secret sauce, though. I'm kind of disappointed in that. 
I did. I told him the secret sauce will be on next week, and he was like, "Oh, I'm listening to that." Oh, no, you don't have to. It's a shit show. It's fine. Don't worry. No, he had plenty of kind words to say about everything. So that was. I was like, "Wow, okay, cool." But you know what really like got my jaw to drop listening to that entire episode? Mm. Quarter million dollars in multimedia. Like, holy shit! That's a lot of money into. Yeah. Um. But that's but that's how he drives his business is social media. That's how he drives his business because I and look, let's let's be I clear here. If if that's like, his secret look, sauce, man. That's how he's his secret sauce. One hundred percent. And you know what? If some of these other companies could drive their fucking business through social media half as well as he could, he'd have a hell of a lot more fucking competition. You know, but he he brought up a good point is that historically everything in history has been written and nobody reads anymore. Like I got a Kindle just because it was cheap. I don't read it. So yeah, everybody wants to watch videos and whether they're short little clips or 90 minute long things, that's how well, they want to listen to it. They listen to audiobooks. They listen to podcasts while they drive. They nobody, nobody fucking reads. reads anymore. No. So I've got to check out the YouTube channel. I didn't have enough time to actually go through and, uh, and we follow. As soon as he told me he had a YouTube channel, I wouldn't follow. I'm going to jump out there and check it out because I'm interested to see what he's doing. Uh, and then, you know, maybe we can uh, learn something from that. And hopefully we don't get like a cease and assist letter from him, you know, because we're following so closely. Uh, but we're just going to copy everything he does. Yeah, just well, that, I mean, what everybody does. Everybody copies Mr. Beast on YouTube. That's that's the secret formula. Yeah, no. No, I, I don't want to copy anybody. I just want to keep doing what we're doing, and the people like it, great. And, if you don't, and that's the thing. That's the other thing I really wanted to say about this, about this interview and about Brian. You can like what he says, or you can hate what he says, but at the end of the day, he says what he says, and he stands behind it. And when he's wrong, he apologizes. Because he yeah. he had he, he apologized uh, about some things on the show, uh, and, and and I I respect that more. Like he's take it or leave it. This is who I am. This is what I do. If you don't like it, I get it. If you do, great, come along for the ride. And that's kind of how I am, you know. And I think sometimes it come across as comes across as not having a bias because I really don't care if people like what we do. They don't like what we do. This is who we are. This is what we do. This is what it is. Right. And and so I respect the 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 hell out of him for that because he just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he's got like I said, he's got his vision, and, and he knows how what he needs to do to get there, and he's not going to sit around and and wait for it to happen. He's no. going to go out and get it. And if he's got to make people think that he's an asshole or you know whatever to get there, it's fine. I'm going to get there. You can just sit where you're at. And he's got a good team. You know, he's got yeah. some good people behind him, too. You can't be an island. You can't do it by yourself. So I know he's got a few key people that uh, that work with him. And, yeah, you know, Nick and I are still kudos. looking for, for a key person to come along and maybe do an after show. Um, free up my schedule. For the love of everything, free up my schedule. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. We wouldn't trade. We'd trade Tim for a little. Just a little. Just offer Every, something. Everybody has their price. Uh, a cigar. Yeah. A uh, cigar. You have a Gurkha? Gurkha? Let's do it. Let's do it. He's out of here. Let's do it like right it. now. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, any 
final thoughts or opinions on the uh on the brian interview i think it's uh, for me it's one of the better interviews i've ever done it was a good um one. uh i think that if you don't like brian is this going to change your mind absolutely not yeah. if, you, if you like brian this is going to make you uh love him anymore maybe i don't know probably not you're just gonna be like yeah this is i like brian this is why i like brian i don't think and i think he said this there's no really hot or cold or it's only hot or cold on him there's no like lukewarm there's no in the middle it's like eh, it's all right um but for me like i said i don't have to agree with everything he says and i certainly don't i don't have to agree with his marketing and i certainly don't in a lot of instances um and i don't have to agree with his palette nobody has to agree with mine i have a trash palette um but I do respect him for what he does. I respect him for what he's done in the industry and what he's doing in the industry. It's different. And I really wish folks like Pete Johnson and John Hoover and all these guys who came in early uh, in the millennium and kind of turned the cigar industry on its head for a while would kind of recognize maybe that's what he's doing is he's turning well, the industry on its head. You know, Rocky Patel, when he came in this industry, I don't know any individual that got more shit and more lack of respect uh, in the beginning. And look, look at him now, you know, now he's on the top of the hill, you know, so you don't have to follow a particular mold. You don't have to be of Cuban descent. Hell, you don't have to even be Latin descent. You can still make good cigars and you can still have a passion for this business uh, at whatever you do best. As long as you have a passion for what you do and you know what you like to do and the lane and you, and you stay in your lane and you can always change lanes. Um, but as long as you know, you, if you're self-aware and the one thing you can say is, I think he is self-aware. He realizes, you know, what has been said negatively and positively about it. And he, and he, and it keeps him going. It takes somebody with a unique personality such as his to be able to, a lot of people don't like, being under fire a lot of people don't like you know being talked negatively but i think nobody i think likes being talked negatively I, what am i what am i saying nobody likes it but if you can tolerate it and you can use that as an advantage to grow your business you know it, it gets to the end of his end game so kudos to him good interview james and uh, i'm glad we we had him on the show uh i think we're gonna have him back next year i think once a year Oh, we'll do a catch up with Brian. I, I really do. I, I, I like the guy. I don't have to like, like I said, everything that he does or says, but I do really like the guy. I like him as an individual. So I think we're going to have him on the show next year and we can catch up with him and we'll make it a yearly thing where we, we talk with Brian. We'll go see him at the trade show. I was really up, upset that we didn't get a chance to see him at the trade show this year. Um, And so, yeah, it's going to be interesting guys. Love him or hate him. He's here to stay. And uh, you know, I'll, for, <laughs> Me, I'll, I'll be cheering him on. He's too busy to replace me. Damn it. Yeah, if I could get Brian to come in and do the secret sauce and all, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Yep, nope, absolutely. Uh, what do we have coming up in the future? I mean, honestly, if yeah. I could just get a, if I could like train a, a fucking anything to just sit there, a dog and fucking buttons. <laughs> whatever, I'll take it. Uh, what do we got coming up? Uh, Vladistoyanov with uh, Bespoke Distributing and uh, Lampert Cigars, uh, Lam Lampert International, I think that's what it was called, uh, but Lampert Cigars. Um, he will be on uh, a week from today. Uh, go check it out, September 15th. 
Uh, that was a great episode. We already recorded it. In fact, we recorded it before I recorded the Brian episode. Uh, I think Nick would agree. It was a good episode. Lots of talk about yes. uh, tasting notes and the whatnot. And then a week after that, uh, the three of us will talk about Vlada behind his back. Um, and we'll probably talk about how bald he is. And, um, you know, his... Was, was his, that his... the reason why uh, all of our lighting on our cameras on the trade show floor were off? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I love to give Vlada shit. Uh, the guy, the guy was smoking in fucking 110 degree weather, and he's like, "Ah, it's fine, it's Vegas." Yeah, it's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. Fuck we got it. uh, we got Pete Johnson coming up too, guys. Do we? What time? We, oh, yeah. all right, Pete Johnson coming up. So that'll be. I'm going to assume October first will be that episode, Nick. If that's what's next. Okay, then that, that October first, Pete Johnson. Looking forward to that. Talking with Pete, having him back on the show. Uh, and yeah, lots of good stuff. And then a week after that, we'll talk about Pete behind his back and put it out there for everyone. <laughs> like, we got to stop calling it behind their back because no, I think that's what I think we should just rename the show behind their back. But that's what's coming up. Okay. Um, lots of good stuff. Well, new show, uh, coming out, uh, here, uh, at Simply Still, because I want to mention this real quick. Uh, this is going to be, uh, for everybody, but if you are an LE Club member, you need to start looking at your email and watching it intently because I promise you're going to get one from us. Uh, as Simply Stogies goes after dark with Simply Stogies after dark. It'll be a live show uh, every Friday starting sometime in October, right, Tim? I believe October, yeah. October live show on YouTube uh, where you, as an LE Club member, can actually have a voice in the conversation. You can join us every Friday live herf with us on youtube uh maybe we'll have some guests on from time to time that you can interact with uh but it's going to be a lot of fun so if you're an le club member uh it's ten dollars a month hundred dollars a year uh that, that's a twenty dollar discount for those of you who can't math um <laughs> come on and if you're not if you're not an le member it's a good time to become one yeah become one and come join the conversation uh, uh every friday night starting in october with uh simply stogies after dark where I talk like this the entire time. Oh dear, no! If that's what you're gonna do, I'm stupid no. <laughs> the whole month of October and every month afterwards. We nobody wants that. No, it's gonna be a good time because uh, all of the traveling and stuff ends for me in uh, at the end of September uh, when I go to the McAuliffe Open House, September 16th, and I know Nick's on vacation in September, so it'll just I, I, we're gonna figure this out. It's gonna be a great thing for the LA Club member if you're not a, a member already, go join. Uh, simplystogies.com uh, just uh, click that LE club at the uh, top and register uh, and you too can uh, come join the conversation every Friday night on Simply Stogies after dark only on youtube.com uh, otherwise that's it Tim is that it? do you have anything else is that it can I get uh, us out of here yeah well uh, don't forget CTA at simplystogies.com if you want to hit me up with any questions comments concerns or just tell me how much James sucks. I don't want to hear. I already know how much I suck. So if you want to tell me how much James sucks, go ahead and send me an email. Uh, I know we have one person that definitely will send an email. And uh, yeah, no, that's that's all I have. Yeah, you can send an email telling us how great Nick is because we don't already know that. Yeah, everybody knows that. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right. Uh, that's 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 Nick the Great down there over there. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how this works. I don't know. Either. I don't know. Tim's somewhere. I don't know. Seriously, guys, if you have a trained golden retriever that can sit there and hit a button, like, let me know. Like, I'll, I'm, <laughs> I'm good with it. Uh, I'm James. Until next time, stay smoky, friends.